Hello and welcome back to The Brag. I'm Sean Feltz and in our brand new studio today, I am with John Garrett, SJ, and brother Dominic Jean. Welcome back, guys. Hey, pleasure to be here. What's up? It's so great to keep having you guys on here. It's I, I love it. It's yeah, incredible. it's a nice new studio too. Yeah, yeah, you know, we have a blue wall. I uh, specified blue and we got blue. It's very Marion. Yeah, thank you, yeah. Mary. We need some art in here. It's a little uh, kind of classic. You know, we're still, <laughs> we're still working on it. It's a... Uh, it's a work in progress. You can see my boxes over there and everything. But mm. um, anyway, welcome back. Uh, today we're going to be revisiting um, a topic that we've done in the past, but in a little more detail. Uh, in the past, we've talked a little bit about the discernment of spirits and how to discern and how uh, to begin this process. And so you can check out some of those earlier episodes if you're looking for more detail on that, uh, like our intro to Ignatian spirituality and the three tactics of the enemy. Um, Today, our focus, though, is going to be a little bit more on vocation, on where we're called to be, on who we're called to be uh, in this life. So what is our vocation? How do, we, how do we even start that? What's our vocation? I mean, what's our vocation? It's a question. <laughs> it's a question everybody's asking. Yeah. All right. If even if All you're already in your vocation, yeah. Even if you're already <laughs> in your vocation, you're like, oh, well, what do I do now? You know. Right. Yeah. Like, how do I live this? Like, but, yeah. even if I know the capital V, what's a lowercase V? Right. Like. What, right. Exactly. What is this? Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, I think so. The question I always start people with when they're asking me, "Oh, brother, like I'm trying to discern," uh, and I'm just like, "Okay, is that what you're directing?" <laughs> you yeah, like? you said you're directing. All right, <laughs> stop inhaling helium. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, none of them sound like that. This is an well, imaginary you're not nine directee. years old. This is an imaginary directee. <laughs> brother Dominic, can I go home? <laughs> <laughs> but wow, that was crazy. That but was like, beautiful. That what was I always start people with is uh, a two-part question, which is your vocation is going to be where you can answer this. Where am I able to love and to be loved most fully and freely? Mm. This doesn't mean that our vocation is going to be all rose petals and like all like dancing and like like springing through a field of flowers like it's that's part of it but it's gonna be hard it's hard like vocation's hard it's like be hard. but it and that's the thing love is hard right. um and so how do we find that space where we can love and also accept and receive the love of the lord and the love of our neighbors um into our own life and then show that back in this kind of feedback mm-hmm. yeah i think the cross is the key to what a vocation is you want to know what a vocation is it's look at god on the cross fulfilling the mission for which he was sent to do mm-hmm. He's completely pouring himself out. He's abandoned. He's calumniated, dying an ignominious death. Right. He's hidden beneath the distressing disguise of the poor and the criminal and the ugly. Like, right. He's in God forsakenness. Like, God feels that. Mm-hmm. He ventured there for love, not of himself, mm-hmm. but of others and the Father. If, if we're going to be fulfilled in life, we're going to fulfill our vocation, we're going to, number one, be doing that in our life. Right. If you're not doing that in your life already, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to do that a step further, more completely in a capital V vocation. Right. Mm-hmm. Like our, our call to holiness is to love, like right. love one another is said so many times in the gospels and in the right. new Testament, right? Like endlessly almost. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So many times that is the law and the prophets, right? right? To love God and to love your neighbor as you love yourself and to lay down your life for them. As Jesus says, there's mm-hmm. no greater love. And in that is the fullness of vocation. Right. 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 Now, I think, uh, you know, we're talking about love and loving freely. Um, and it's it's good to look to the cross because that is a free act, right, that that he, he chose for our sake. Um, but, like, there are things that come up in pursuit of any vocation, whatever your vocation is, that may seem um, 
like difficulties may, may seem like stumbling blocks may seem you know um things like that so how, how would you reconcile that with this term of freedom like how do those fit in like what what's the role that they play yeah, I mean, to bring in a Dominican moral theologian, because why not? Surveys um, <laughs> Pink Hairs, OP, um, out of Europe, has... His name is Pink Hairs? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's the color Pink you went with. Yeah, hairs. Not blue hairs. Is that how it's spelled? <laughs> no, that's not how it's spelled. Don't worry, we'll we'll find a... We'll, I'll tell you how it's spelled later. Okay. Um, <laughs> not anyway. Pink Hairs. No. Oh my gosh, guys. Sorry. But anyway, so he, he really focus. makes the distinction going back to Aquinas, which is there's a free, like today, what people think of as freedom is a freedom of indifference, mm. where it's like everything, like if I am not perfectly free, if n I'm only free if nothing impinges on me. Mm -hmm. Like the moment you put a rule or a law on me, I am not free anymore. Right. While the freedom for excellence that Pink Ayers talks mm -hmm. about and that Aquinas mm -hmm. talks about is a freedom which says... No, no, no. I'm oriented towards the good. Mm -hmm. Anything that helps me live that out, the virtues, the habits, yeah. like those help me live out freedom. Mm. And so, yeah, you're saying no to something, but it's so you can enter into a wider a valley of, of green. Yeah. I was talking about this with one of my Jesuit brothers the other day. Like sports analogy, a game is a great game because of the rules that it has, because of the boundaries it has. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't show forth the excellence of an incredible athlete right. scoring a certain type of goal with a certain set of rules and a certain objective and a certain means to get to that goal mm -hmm. with right. a team, right? right? You can show forth excellence with the rules and you're not binding just, yourself to things that, that set you free. It's tremendously unimpressive without the rules. That's yeah. And not just the rules, but also the training that went into right, right. making this game. Like you look at Olympic athletes, mm -hmm. like take any sport you want, but like, for example, I think of like gymnastics, like those people like work their butts off from a very young age to reach this level of excellence. Yeah. And if they didn't restrict themselves in those kind of ways, train themselves in this certain kind of ways and these habits, mm -hmm. they would never be able to do the almost impossible feats. Excellence is only achievable because we channel ourselves. Right. And so it's like if we don't have rules, if we don't have these habits like structuring our freedom. A self-rule. A self-rule, absolutely. Yeah. When yeah. The, when we are ruled by our will and everything is in alignment. Now, now, what are these? What are these rules? You got, uh, you got the Ten Commandments, right? Which are there. It's a set of clear rules. But then Jesus goes up on the mountain in the Gospel and gives of us some other ones. Gives us eight, eight new rules, and it's not "Thou shalt not." It's happy, blessed, mm -hmm. fulfilled. Beatitudos, the word beatitudes. Right. Are you when you become meek, peace bringing, you know, poor? Right. Hungering and thirsting for righteousness and for order. I right. mean, like all of these different things are a flipping of the world on its head, like because your ego is dying. Right. You're becoming like the one on the cross. Mm -hmm. So we do have a list of habits to take on right now that are very clear, very right. practical, but very hard and they're painful. Like, Absolutely. Right. Those are our rules for the game. Yeah. So back in terms of vocation itself, how, how might these things help order us to, to see where it is we're going right like if we've got these if we've got these rules or the ways that maybe we're weak on them right um how does that reveal where we're going or how does that affect that i think they rouse up in us what is excellent hmm. that god has placed there yeah our talents our natural desires like god plays on those good desires he doesn't give you good desires to kill them and strip them of their fulfillment no he takes right. them up he elevates them that's right mm -hmm. but only when you only when you strip yourself of them and become indifferent to them, back mm -hmm. to indifference, 
when you really are free enough of your right. own preferences to give and trust those things to God, which is a risky business because right. he has the full right to take them away. Yeah. And that's what I fear most as a man right now as a Jesuit, mm. that he's going to take everything from me, even though I decided to definitively do that the rest mm. of my life. Mm. That's a fear that I have to keep overcoming. I'm going right. to entrust to him all these things. And he fulfills them in a way that is greater than I had ever dared to hope or imagine. Mm. Like mm. I haven't thought of the ways he's come to fulfill me. That's the interesting interesting thing about vocation. It's not just about your desires, but it has everything to do with your desires because mm -hmm. it's God's initiative. God's the one who's going to give you your vocation. Right. It's not you who comes up with it just because of your interests. Right. It's when you're living this life of the Beatitudes, this vocation of love and sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. If you're already living that right. and you hand everything over to God with that risk, he's going to give you exactly what you're supposed to do. It's crazy that me and Brother Dominic knew what orders to enter. That's insane. Yeah. There's a lot of religious orders, and and there's a lot of there's a lot of wonderful women that the Lord has created that we could have been married to. Right. 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 How the heck do people discern this stuff and get it straight? Right. We don't. God does. Get, oh yeah. Yeah. Big because time. if you bind yourself to Him, you've bound yourself to the only one who has what your specific vocation is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm thinking like of, of Newman, like there is a specific task for each one of us that God has given that only we shall do. Uh, and that is an incredibly humbling thing. Right. Because I don't know what it is. And there's only one person who does. I think of one of our older friars, like one of like my favorite older friars, like a deeply wonderful man who has never done what he has wanted to do in the province mm. not one time has he had the assignment he wanted mm. or that he looked for or like a petition for yeah and that man is the very model of vocation because he is also one of the most deeply prayerful men I know. He's praying like personal prayer, two hours like a day, regardless of like the communal prayer. Like he says mass every day for like nursing home residents and all of these people. That is a man who knows what it means to like say, Lord, I don't know the way, right? but you do. And, it, and actually you are the way. Yeah. Right. And if we imitate him and giving and giving of ourselves totally and being available. I mean, that Dominican priest sounds like he's totally available. Yeah. The, the priests and the clerics and the fathers in my own life who have, and my dad, right? Like right. who have completely been available. They yeah. have yeah. changed the game. They've right. changed the way I've seen the universe and seen myself and seen God. Definitely. And that's the trick, like this, uh, this question of availability. Mm -hmm. And so, and with it, are we, is our whole self available to God? Right. Because he will, he takes what we give him and elevates it. But if you only give him 20% of you, mm -hmm. if you only give him a tiny percentage of you, he you're giving God a lot less to work with. Oh, and you got to right. be careful with that because he's associated with people, especially yeah. those in need. Right. So if you're not available to people 100%, yeah. I mean, you're missing out on an encounter with God. Yeah, and that encounter might be what really... Tr takes you in the direction you're meant to go might lead you to your spouse might lead you yeah. to the religious order or the, or the seminary or whatever it might be yeah Definitely. and why because it leads you to your salvation right. we're yeah. going to be judged by whether or not we have loved right mm -hmm. that's right. all i mean at the end of the day like have we loved right. if you're unavailable you're not loving and people smell that a mile away the yeah. people of god can smell a shepherd from like a mile away mm -hmm. that is right. not available is into himself or right. herself you know so, yeah. And I think it's worth noting too this this difference between just like availability, like just like 
oh sure like if god wanted to get in touch with me he could he's god right the difference between like that and like a real like active receptivity and and really making um sort of every effort on your part to make yourself um available not just to say like oh yeah like like god's got my number right like call me beat me if you want to retreat <laughs> right but, yeah right, right but like <laughs> But uh, God calling is that <laughs> that was a Kim Possible yeah, reference. It is. It it, is. It's a show from Disney Channel when we were kids. We're not expecting it when Disney Channel is good. But Disney Channel, yeah, God's back, not back Disney Channel dad. Speaking of which, always, <laughs> always gone, always at work, not looking for you. But it's it's a difference between like that and uh, and just like oh, like God can like reach me and whatever, and uh, like oh, like I will put myself in a place where I am receptive. I will put myself in a posture of prayer. I will put myself in a place where I am seeking. Uh, where I'm knocking at the door and, and I know that it will be opened, right? There's a real sense of we fling ourselves into God's hands. Mm -hmm. Like um, this is in Chesterton's biography of St. Francis, Holy Father Francis for the Dominicans, because we consider him a co-founder. <laughs> fun fact. Wow. But uh, he, it said... Catholic stuff you didn't wish you knew. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> yeah, that was lots of fun, brother. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Catholic, Catholic stuff you never thought you wanted to know. <laughs> but but in and his biography, don't. Chesterton says that Francis flung himself into prayer and vigils and every kind of observance. Mm -hmm. He flung himself trusting that God's hand would catch him. Yeah. And so, like, are we, are we flinging ourselves? Are we looking for opportunities to fling ourselves? At the same time... Like we can't say this is an opportunity. This isn't a excuse for us to miss out on the importance of like personal prayer, of quiet contemplation. That's also flinging ourselves into God's hands, especially for us more extroverted people. Yeah, because it's so all three of us. The Lord. Oh God. Oh no. Um, but <laughs> yeah. but like for us, like it's easy to make ourselves available to people. Like we want to. Right. But to make ourselves available strictly to God. Right. Like in prayer, in just this quiet, that is an incredibly humbling and incredibly difficult experience. And uncomfortable well, sometimes. It's difficult because yeah. it does that initiative doesn't just come from us. Yet it's a discipline we must cultivate. Right. It's like it's it's uh it's crazy. I enjoy prayer the most in my life. That is the most enjoyable and beautiful thing in my life. Right. Yet it's so gratuitously free. Yeah. And non-competitive and non-intrusive in my life that I am so willing to let it go and let it go stale and let it right. loose and I don't go back to it and I blame myself. So like one thing is accept your humanity too, just like mm. God does. The right. God who is calling you is calling every bit of you. This is a process. You're not one day just going to, oh, I'm a prayerful person who perfectly follows the Beatitudes <laughs> and gets how to love and be available and I'm seeking out God. Like That's the ideal, yeah. but, but if you're searching for it, and the availability of searching for it, like Brother said. I mean, I think that's right. the key. It, you're setting yourself up for failure and for despair. Right. Um, which is a total lack of openness to all of God's grace because you're more, you think your difficulties and inability to fulfill your vocation are stronger than his grace. Right. One time in the confessional at the Basilica here in St. Louis, I was kneeling there and I said, I am just really worrying about my vocation, you know, Mm -hmm. Say telling the priest this because of my sins and everything. It was a moment we all have in all our vocations. Sure. And he said, um, your penance is to pray, uh, to pray about how God is calling not the you who comes out of this confessional only, but the you who came in. Oh, nice. He's calling you. He's calling this guy with all this stuff yeah. that you just said in the confession. He's calling that guy right. and he's calling you in all those things. So if you want 
to also begin this process. Don't escape right. your difficulties, your sins, your addictions, you know, whatever it is, your shortcomings. Like right. learn to accept them the way the Lord does. Learn to hear him call them because he's calling those parts of you to redeem them. Right. He's calling you to have mercy on you. Yeah. And I mean, God does not call the perfect like we're not perfect he he perfects those he calls That's right what, this That's is good. the secret of the lord yeah yeah i think we said this in a pot in one of our podcasts way earlier in this book in sinu yezu mm -hmm. this diary of this benedictine monk who's in adoration every day he receives messages from the lord in adoration and prayer mm -hmm. and one time he's like lord i'm unworthy to be your friend because the lord was drawing him into his friendship mm -hmm. and jesus said to him very clearly um you don't need to perfect yourself before entering into friendship with me. I want you to enter into friendship with me because that is what will finally begin to perfect right. you. He's the savior. Right. So he's going to save us in giving us our vocations. That's the other thing. Right. Your vocation is your pathway to salvation and to God. Which is why at times it will hurt as well. Oh, yeah. Because like, I love this imagery from uh, the great divorce with C.S. Lewis. There's mm -hmm. um, yeah. Great book. Oh, Brother yeah. Dominic's getting excited. Um, Fantastic. Yeah, but so there's this. So for those of you who haven't read the book, this might be a little bit difficult, but you can you can read it at some point. But there's um, like a, a trip basically to heaven, and uh, so one of these uh, presumably angels, I believe, comes over uh, to this man who's got this lizard on his shoulder, whispering into his ear. It's the lizard of lust. It represents lust, and it's whispering into his ear uh, like, "You are loved. You are enough. You are good." Like these things, and um, angel says, "Like, can I kill it?" And he's like, well, I, I like it. It doesn't really bother me. And he goes, can I kill it? It can't. Yeah, it can't come with you. Can I kill it? And eventually he agrees and he like drives his sword through it. Um, and there's this like burning on the man's shoulder. And he was he like, he thinks he's dying. Yeah, he thinks he's dying. It's like a terrible feeling. And he's like, oh, you didn't tell me it would hurt. And he said, I didn't say it wouldn't hurt. I just asked if I could kill it. And um, and then what happens, though, to the lizard? Like, this is the cool thing. You go ahead. Hey. You're excited. So, like, <laughs> after this moment of pain, after this real experience of, like, agony, it's not just that the lizard's dead. Right. The lizard is transformed. Mm -hmm. Into a stallion. Yeah. Into a stallion. Which he rides into the kingdom. Which he rides into the kingdom. Like, the, the kingdom. Lord takes whatever we have, like, attached to us, however grotesque it might be, and if we let him kill it, yeah. if we let him in to change us, mm -hmm. He will turn it into something that will help carry us into and through our vocation all the way up to the gates of heaven. Right. I mean, St. Francis of Assisi, Lord, you have wounded me mm -hmm. with love. Mm -hmm. And 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 St. Paul, I asked the Lord to take this thorn in my flesh away from me, whatever that was. It probably is all the sins we're all dealing with, right? right. Yeah. Whatever, whoever's listening, like, it's it's whatever that is. Just imagine that there. You know what it is. Right. You know, and it's, it's the it's, thing that's coming to mind as you're here. It's, it's, and, and it's, here it is. God doesn't take it away. Right. And St. Paul of the New Testament tried to give it over to him, mm -hmm. and God didn't take it away. And then he says one of the most beautiful parts of the New Testament, and so I boast in my weakness so right. that God's power and glory might shine forth through me. Like that, right. that, is, that is what we are, because it's precisely because you're broken that he wants to give you your very specific and personal vocation. And I'm talking about who to marry, what order to enter, what seminary to go to, where right. to go to school, what major to choose. I mean, right. that's specific. Yeah. If you give your whole self and all those parts of you 
that you don't think God wants it. You got to give the whole thing. Yeah. Right. You will learn who you are. Just as power is made perfect in weakness. Yeah. So we have to actually present our weakest selves, I think. I think that's the thing that comes out. I, I hope you guys would agree with this as well. Something that comes out in any sort of formation, whether it is like when you're dating, whether you're discerning religious life or, you know, in seminary or whatever it is, like the things that become most prominent, it seems, are uh, the weaknesses. It's not like an overemphasis of the virtue. It's actually a, a, maybe like what I mean, especially in like the confessional, it comes up as like an overemphasis of the vice and to say like, I just don't think I can do this sometimes. Right. But like, but all in all, like this is this is the me that's being called like in the you were saying, John, uh, God calls man first. That's the catechism. Twenty five sixty seven. I think God calls man first. Oh, that was so impressive. That uh, was so nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> that's from a Dominican. That's like the biggest insult I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, what a Dominican he's calls you a pink nerd. Hairs. You're quoting the uh, catechism. <laughs> How is that better than pink hairs? Anyway. Or worse, I mean, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> I prefer your way. <laughs> when you get called nerdy by a Dominican, that's uh, okay. I'll see myself. Wow, out. that's an all time. Can uh, you put that on your resume? You, I'll see, yeah, I think I can, actually. I think that's going on grad school resumes. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, like God calls me in first and not out of brokenness, but like through sometimes the it brokenness. And, and actually, I would yeah. say almost always through it's, the brokenness. It's in our wounds that he dazzles us. Like right. this is what we hear from Augustine. Like again, like this is a constant story of the saints. Right. Men and women wounded, wounded by life, wounded also by the Lord. Right. And and through those wounds, like just through as through Christ's wounds, like look, think of Thomas, doubting Thomas. Right. Like we have this, he, Christ shows him his wounds and it was through the wounds that he came to believe. Yeah. It's through our wounds. It was through the flowing of his water and, and blood that gushed forth from his side, right? Like that's, that's where the from perfection that, is. I mean, in a very real sense, our vocation flows from that. It flows from the wound of Christ and flows from our wounds. Still gushing. Which are a participation right. in that. He right. glorifies wounds. That's, yeah. that's what it is. He, he doesn't them wipe them away. He doesn't grace. like say, oh, you were never broken. You were never wounded. No, he right. says, you see that wound? I glorify that. Right. I love that. He kisses that wound. I identify right. it with, with myself now. That's what he puts. He puts it in his own body, his own heart. Right. That's The woundedness is sort of the pathway now. Yeah. A pathway to vocation. And it's not that, yeah, like you were saying, it's not that you were never unchaste or it's not that you were never proud or not that you were never, whatever you're thinking right now as you're listening to this, it's not that you were never that. It's that the virtue that corresponds to that is going to be what leads you on the path of salvation. Yeah, because only a humble, gentle person brought low can truly love another in right. a vulnerable yeah. way without thinking you're higher or better there's no reason to think that when you know you're a sinner who's been saved by someone way more powerful than you because you couldn't do it right and you don't have what it takes and you don't know what it takes to fulfill your desires and when you love in that state mm -hmm. it's it's so much more worth it than if i had gotten over my sins on my own accord or never sinned like oh happy fault because right. i could be a real that jerk for, for us yeah. a greater redeemer i could right. be a real jerk for christ <laughs> without without god allowing my sins to remain right and right. that would do no one anyone good. I would just damn myself because I'm associating with Christ and not loving, not being available, not being humble, right. which is against the entire law and the prophets. To love at all is to be vulnerable. That's C.S. Lewis. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to, come up a few times to stare into the eyes of God and to be completely vulnerable. Right. To show him my wound and to say, yes, it's mine. And yeah. say, no, you're mine. To call it back to that beginning question from Brother Dominic, right? The place where you can be loved and love most freely and fully that's a beautiful question to ask 
So I hope that this episode has brought some insight uh, for all of our listeners. I think it's brought some tremendous insight for each of us, hopefully. Um, thank you for tuning in with us. Feel free to check out some of our other episodes. If you have any questions, feel free to submit them to thebrag.slu at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.